0: Martial arts
1: martial arts stuff. Oh. Ooh, malaca, ooh, malaca, ooh, malaca, ooh. What is that? Reminds me of uh in the uh Life of Brian is. It
2: was Tuesday night. I was at the bar and that's when I saw her walking near from afar with lipstick with lipstick. She was singing along To what I can't remember I was taken by the outline of her thong And the way she sipped her cocktail Made the word cocktail have new meaning And the dress that she dangled Made me think it needed completing That's one hot slutty girl she she'll go for a whirl, cause she sucks on that straw, like she's breaking the law, that's what hot slutty girl, she came up beside me, yeah. and it seemed bizarre, because like she had asked me, <laughs>
1: I think that was it, actually. That's not a quite as good auditorily as it is. And that originally. was actually from Mel Brooks' History of the World. Wow. No one expects
2: the Inquisition.
1: No, that is from Monty Python. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition.
2: No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Damn it,
0: I'm mixing up my, so am I. So my, my Pythons
1: and my... Yeah, I did too. <sighs>
0: okay, so, well, anyway, welcome.
1: There was no martial arts stuff in History of the World or any of the Monty Pythons. There's the one good karate skit from Money Python. Sorry, we're a little ADD because we've been doing an hour of show already. So, right. a little, uh, so we're a little slap-happy and hungry. And and hungry and happy.
0: Do you? Yeah. Well, that's a bummer.
1: Yeah. Um, so, well, what are we talking about
0: today? Martial arts, we're welcome everybody. So welcome, welcome, welcome. welcome. Um, today we're going to talk about... What is today? Today is... Today is... April 3rd, 2007. April 3rd yes episode number 9 number n- no for the martial arts number 14 14 14 I thought you said 8 earlier ah uh, did I you did when you. no eat, you, I said uh, I don't know what I said we're in the top 10 we're number 8 we're in the top 10 ah uh, I think we're number well two. thanks to all y'all yeah, who've been you. downloading for, and listening yep. um yeah. We're we're in the top ten of iTunes, and number six
1: on Podcast Alley for number, if you search for martial arts. Oh, nice! Yeah, so, so it's cool. We changed the logo. I changed the logo to the San Diego so- Athletic Association logo. Awesome, um, and changed the name from Pods or Dash Martial Arts stuff to just Martial Arts stuff. Cool. So some slight modifications. Having a problem. Slight problem with the feed. Um, Anybody who's not getting these shows won't hear this. So it won't really matter. (laughs) I accidentally dated episode (laughs) 9 for December
0: 2007. Nice.
1: So now whenever I come out with a new episode, it doesn't think there's a new episode. God. Because 2007 is December. So what's going to happen is in December... We're gonna have a ton of people that are gonna download a shitload. Of See, stuff. so what's happened is this podcast has gone into the future. Yes, we have gone. I have seen the future, and I was afraid. Right. Yeah. But what are we talking about this week? Um, well, uh, let's talk a little bit briefly
0: about our school. Okay. And then little, we will talk about a our diary. We will talk about our topic for the day. Okay. Um, and we're gonna keep it a secret <laughs> to keep you on the edge of your seat.
1: Um. I actually have a topic from the school. Program. Okay. So we'll talk about that a All lot. right. Well, real briefly, um,
0: our school is actually coming along nicely. Yep. Uh, we did make some changes to the website for anybody who wants to check it out. Yes. SYDAA.com
1: S- uh, for the website, and biographies, and uh, gear.
2: If you want to buy gear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we got um, some great
1: pictures of ourselves for our little instructor. We do. Lives. Yes. Awesome. Uh, and uh, uh, so, yeah, we did some updates to the website. Uh, the classes are going well. We have four students now. Fifth, if you count Sven. Right. Who is leaving us. In, He's our German uh, foreign exchange student. That's right. Um, but one of I think one of the recent challenges has been the fact that we had students of different levels in the same class. Yes. And that was, I think that without both of us there that would have been a real challenge. Right. Uh, it's interesting, the problems that you run across that you don't, you genuinely do not run across when you're just going to class and practicing as a student. Right. It's those types of things where you have, um, and, and we have students that aren't ready yet to teach others. Oh, they no, so, you're ready to teach so others. So it's not like we could have turned one of the students that had been there for a month loose on the first day students and said, well, teach them the basics. Right. Because they're not, they're not even there yet. Right. Um, but it worked out well with the both of us being there. Uh, essentially, one of us took the more advanced students and one of us took the beginner students and kind of split it up. And really, I think that once, after the first class, maybe the first two classes, they'll have caught up enough that they can sort of be included on the rest of the class. Right. Um, so that was a interesting challenge recently. We've realized that the room is way too small. Yeah. Yeah, it is um, too small. I'd say anybody out there that's looking for a place to teach or a room to teach in, keep in mind that you need a good three or four feet for the instructor to stand. Right. Because when we first walked into the room, we said, oh, I've got about eight people in here. Yep. But you need a front of the room. Right. For... The instructors, so...
0: And so we sort of turned it sideways, sideways. depending on the drill we're doing. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's uh, no you, case can, you can get creative and, and, and do right. some stuff like that, but... Uh, one, of the, one of the topics that I thought would be interesting to talk about tonight is praise. Okay. And one of the... I know that sort of traditionally in the martial arts, or... I don't even know if it's in the martial arts, but from the impression I get anyway is if you look at sort of the really old school karate guys, like the very traditional karate guys, or even a lot of the, the um, or maybe even more so, the Kung Fu practitioners, the instructors really don't give a lot of praise. They, they don't say, boy, you guys did a great job tonight, or... You know, it's. I know that when uh, when I'm a chance and I'm doing something, he comes over, shows me what I'm doing wrong, and walks away. Yep. And and never really gives any praise. Now, part of that to me is that when he does give it, or you do see it, it has a lot more meaning. Right. And I don't know if that is just a cultural thing, a tradition thing. My impression is. Is that in all honesty, Sanya Do is an American art. And as an American art, I feel that I would like to start incorporating some some American ideals. Right. And in my opinion, you know, you you take a look at any motivational speaker, uh Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Ken Blanchard, they say the way you motivate people and the way you get people to do well and be excited about something is you tell them when they're doing a good job. Of course. Stands to um, reason. And uh, one guy on the uh, Karate Cast, uh, sorry, Karate Cafe podcast, he said that he likes to give people a, shit, um, I forgot what it's called, a, a positive sandwich, he called it. You use better words than that. But he said what he does are a praise sandwich. He says he praises something or he points something out that people are doing well. He tells them something they're doing wrong or something that needs to be corrected. And then he tells them something that they're doing well. Right. So you always begin and end with something positive.
0: Well, and that just follows the, the whole constructive criticism thing. Right in order to be constructive, you have to not start right off with all the negative stuff or just the negative stuff. That puts people on the defense automatically. So you try to get them to relax a little bit saying, hey, you're doing that really well. And, you know, try this maybe a right. little bit. So, try that a little bit. Right. And it's not saying you have to pussyfoot around the issue and not get it out. Say if they're coming you know, right. if, if they do have something you want to fix it,
1: fix it. Well, you know? and, and this is the problem, is, is that how much of that gets into... Sort of touchy feely martial arts. Right. And how much of it should be, you know what? Fucking kick. Because I tell you to kick. Right. And, you know, I don't know. And maybe it's different. And maybe it's just, maybe there's not one right way. Maybe there's just different ways that people do it. And different people will be attracted to those ways for different reasons. And I think that's the way it works. Um, But I know that for me, I see it in our students. When I tell someone that they're doing well, I think they appreciate it. Sure. And well, it I'm makes you being, feel good. I'm not being fake about it. Right. I'm just I'm just not hiding it. I'm telling them. Right. You know? So I don't know. I think that it's 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 important that instructors realize that you should praise people. Why did they get to pray all of a sudden? That's weird. Mm. Um <laughs> That it's important to encourage and it's important to praise because those, those are valuable pieces of the human condition. I and mean, you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that's on the top of it. Right. Is approval
0: by society. Oh, yeah. You know? People are always looking for that in everything. I mean, not just yeah. martial arts stuff. I mean, people are always... And they're always appreciative of it. I yep. mean, how many times has somebody really legitimately said, man, you did a really awesome job and you were like, I hate you. Right. You know, it doesn't happen. It yep. makes you smile. You yep. know what I mean? You're like, oh, awesome. you know, cool. Yep. Thanks. It makes me feel
1: good. Right. That. And yeah. there's, I just, more, more than anything else, is that I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think it creates a touchy-feely environment. Right. I don't think that you need to be a hard-ass to gain the respect of your students. Right. Um, and in fact, you know... And this goes back to traditional, non-traditional, in my opinion, is that I think that there's, in, in non-traditional martial arts, in, from what I've seen, is there's more of an opinion of, don't respect me just because I tell you to. Right. Don't respect me just because I wear a black belt. Right. Respect me because of my actions and because you should respect me. Don't respect me because I'm your teacher's teacher. Right. Respect me because of my actions and because of my skills. Right.
0: And and not only that, and I think sometimes even bigger is respect me because I respect you. The, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. And, and a lot of times, you know, now nah, I'll say a lot of times you'll see some of those actions where you know where it's like, you know. You, I want you to respect me because I'm the teacher but I am not going to show any respect for you because you're just a lowly student. And right. you can't have that attitude either. No. I mean, that yeah, instantly no. turns people off.
1: Well, not only does it not, <coughs> not only does it turn people off, I don't think it's right. No, it's not. You know? And I, one of, one of my favorite traditions of Sanya Do is when we bow into a class, we gather in a circle. And the idea behind it Bowing in, in a circle, is that it represents the fact that no one is above anyone else. That's right. You don't have this idea where this belt stands at stands at this end, and and the lower belt stands at the other end, and you have an order of rank. Now, that I don't think there's anything wrong with that in a classroom setting, so that the newer students can actually watch the the, the higher belts, but. I think that when you bow in and you you begin class and you do so in a circle, and we've said it a couple of times, is that the point of that is that if you have a question, if you have a concern, if, if, if you have a problem with a particular technique, don't be intimidated by the fact that we're the instructors and we're black belts. Right. Ask us the question. Yeah. Question us. Yeah. I... I would encourage that, you know? And one of the things that Chuck's always says is that, you know, one of our favorite techniques is cheating. Yep. And I really think that that sort of encapsulates a lot of the philosophy is that if you're wondering about a particular technique, boy, would this really work? I mean, you know, how would this work? You know what? I hadn't thought about it like that. That's a good question. Let's work it out. Exactly. I mean, obviously, Chuck and Don have worked it out, so my guess is that it's right, but it never hurts for a student to learn on their own. No, it doesn't. And it never hurts for a student to say, you know what, let me investigate to see if this works for me. Exactly. So... Yeah, I really think you have to foster an attitude of
0: self-exploration. Even if you already know the answer for you... Yep. Don't just say, "No, nah, no, nah, it works." Just, just forget about it and move on. Just do it this way and don't worry about it. Right
1: now, I do think there are there are some cases where, uh, for example, if you learn a new golf swing, oftentimes it's very uncomfortable to begin with. Of course. But it's the right way to do it. Right. And I think there are a lot of things in martial arts that don't necessarily feel right right off the
0: bat. Oh yeah. And that stuff you just have to work on. And I have those. I mean, that never changes. It never changes. I mean, I've been doing martial arts for I don't know how many years, 10 years before I came to Chuck. You know, so I had 10 years of training and I went into there and I felt like I'd
1: never done martial arts in my entire life. I had, yeah. I mean, I felt like a freaking idiot. I totally felt like an idiot. And I had, yeah. Yep. That's the way it works. Yep.
0: You know, you learn how to move differently and you you get to these plateaus where you learn something new and you figure things out and then you get, you get acclimated, you know. Now, if I were to go to some other school, I'd feel the same way because I'd be like, I've been, I've been moving the way I've been moving now for the last five years. Yeah. And I'm finally comfortable, you know, in my own body again.
1: Yep. I, I, I've got to say that after going to Chucks, I was relatively comfortable with the Wing Chun at at chance. That doesn't surprise me. I I guess. And and maybe it's because they're both striking arts, but it was, um, yeah.
0: Well, and I think, you know, Wing Chun, to me, appears to be a little bit more... I mean, they're, like you said, they are striking art, but yeah. they also don't focus a lot on the lower body stuff. So it's not like they're going to be saying, you got to put your right. foot this way with your toe at a 37.6 right. degree angle. They're not concerned about that kind of stuff. And they don't do any takedowns,
1: and they don't do any... Uh, joint lock here, right? Okay. So
0: so my assumption is they want you to be in a comfortable, good structure.
1: Yeah. Com- be comfortable where you're standing. Right. Right. Although they got this weird stance with your toes pointed in. Yeah, I've seen that. Sort of leaning back. It's very do awkward. they
0: stance. do that all the time? They just do it for They do, do it all drugs. the time. Do they stand mm-hmm. that way?
1: Uh, they have two major stances, and one um, is the Silim Tao stance, which is the toes pointed in, sort of leaning backwards, and the one is the ma bo stance, mm-hmm. which is uh, sort of a fighting stance, but your weight is 50 and you're back and you're standing straight up. And this is one of the big, this is one of my biggest problems, right? Because I'm sort of more of a buffalo fighter, right? Because of my weight. Yep. Um, I roll my shoulders forward, put my chin into, you, my, you into my chest your, you protect your throat and your and, neck and i really sort of hunched down right and it was a, that i think was a, the most difficulty i've had is is straightening up right. and standing actually upright um well and i still have yet to sort of figure out in, in the g- good reasons behind that but and
0: here's my question
1: when those guys
0: fight, when they get into the ring and spar,
1: it all fucking looks the same.
0: Do they? Do they stand with their knees pointed in and their head straight up and their neck exposed?
1: Some of them do. Do they? And do Some they do them... well?
0: Um, It. <sighs> Some. I think see. My point think is, that comes down to if still. you stand with your feet and your knees pressed together, yeah, you can't. I mean, unless somebody's standing right in front of you, you have to move, and you can't move in that stance. Well. <coughs>
1: <coughs> Whoa! Damn it. Um, they usually fight in the Babo stance. Which is one foot forward. 50-50 weight distribution.
0: So I guess then my question my question would be, maybe you can find this out. Yeah. Why do they what's the point of
1: that stance? Of the stance with the knees. Yeah, turned in. I think the idea behind that, and it's it's not necessarily the worst idea in the world, is that When and again, one of the things I said in an earlier podcast is that I think one of the downsides of Wing Chun is that it feels insular to me. Right. It feels like you are practicing to attack and defend another Wing Wing Chun martial artist. Right. And so that is the way your opponent stands when you square off against him. Right. Um, I do think, though, at the same time. Usually if 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 things happen suddenly you're not going to have the chance to back up into a fighting stance. If if things happen suddenly in a bar or somebody takes a swing at you, usually you will be just standing, right, which is closer to the mabo stance than it is a fighting stance. So I would imagine that that's one of the reasons plus if you can fight in that stance without having to move your feet, then it, it allows you a lot more mobility. It allows you to not be single-sided. That's, I think, the other strength is that Wing Chun's make sure they work both sides. Right. So they're always working both sides. So you don't have a jab and a cross anymore. You've got two cross jabs. <laughs> but the idea behind that is that you can attack and defend on both sides evenly. Right. So if you see an opportunity on one side, it doesn't matter if it's the left side or the right side; you can still take advantage of that opportunity. Right. And therein lies the idea behind: it's the the when you're in a fighting stance, you have one foot forward and one foot back, and one hand is your jab and one hand is your cross. Sure. It's just how it works. So, that's part of it, is that you're always... And in fact, all the forums, you do the action on one side, and then you do the action on the other side. Right. So, it's always repeated on both sides. Interesting. But anyway.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was all
1: right. It. Well, let's get into wow, our, our real
0: topic. That and that I, it. And I don't know how long it can last, yeah. but um, I had one of our forum posters. who's a new listener, or maybe he's a long-time listener, first-time poster, whatever. Yep. Uh, Was you very nervous about posting? No. 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 It's a very casual conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we got into a, a discussion <laughs> which started to the question of how long should a martial art what well, you know what does it take for a martial art to be considered legitimate? You know, how does martial art what if what if, you know, we started our own martial art right now? Yep. Is it legitimate or isn't it?
1: I think that it it comes back to the definition of legitimate because really to me I was reading a um and i th- i think i mentioned it before i was reading the martial arts the the chinese martial arts manual book yeah <laughs> the <it's>, department <laughs> of gunty department that's right it's a it's a book that's a collection and sort of a review of mm, t- ten or fifteen martial art ancient chinese Kung Fu manuals. Okay, and it's a it's a really interesting read, especially from like the first half is historical, and the second half is an, is an analysis of the actual books, gotcha. which they're publishing, they're republishing it. Interesting. Yeah. Um. But the impression I got from the book anyway was that how it used to happen back in ancient China was that some guy would come into your village do some cool moves or or come back from somewhere and you would start learning Kung Fu from this guy. Right. Did you know it was quote unquote legitimate or not legitimate? No. You had not a clue. Right. I really think that as far as legitimate or not, the, the purpose of the question I would imagine is how does someone know that they're getting effective training when they walk into a school. Right. And that's a multi-part question because what is the purpose for them of the training? Well. Right. So so is is uh, Tai Chi a legitimate martial art? Of course it is. I, well. There's a lot of, I'll bet you, but, not to stereotype, but there's probably a lot of Jiu-Jitsu guys that said, would say no.
0: And, and here's a different question, though. And I guess... Later on the thing and, and how the whole forum got started was yeah. was we were talking about this organization that we we're planning on starting right, right, and right, being right, involved right. in where yep. it was you know an independent martial arts organization where it's a panel of martial artists yes who are not under the thumb of some pre established martial arts organization right. where you'd have a testing panel for people who wanted to right. test for rank you are legitimized within this group because what happens is. I could. We talked about this. I could print off a certificate that says I'm a
1: black belt in mama Makamuka. I could start my own school right. tomorrow and fucking invent all these crazy ass moves. Right. So, so there's the this. System. There's this
0: kind of deal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, th- uh, th- th- just don't
1: kick my ass, dude. Right.
0: So there's this deal where if, we're... and I have a friend who's in a martial arts system. Yeah, okay. And. And I asked him, he's been exposed to a bunch of different stuff. And I asked him, I said, why did you stick with Taekwondo? Well, I have a history with the instructor and the organization can test us for rank.
1: Yeah.
0: In my opinion, that's a horrible reason to continue starting a martial yeah. art. I'm only studying with you because you're the only person who can legitimately give me rank. Well, so you're going to sacrifice your, yeah. your happiness and your pursuit of effective martial arts in your own mind just because... Yeah. Some, for some reason, this organization you know, thinks it can offer you some legitimate form of rank testing, belt and, testing.
1: And what's the purpose of the rank? What's the validity of the rank? And that's my question. I'm you like,
0: know. I don't give two shits what color your belt is. Nope. If you're teaching me something cool that I enjoy doing, I'm going to do it. Nope. And if you're not, that's I'm right. going to
1: leave. Well, and I thought it was interesting that uh, I think it was on, it was on Karate Cafe that the guys were talking, and they were they were saying that they don't think first-degree black belts should ever start a school, and w- the funny part was, is the guy, the one of the guys admitted that even after saying that, when he started his school, he was a first-degree right. black belt. So, um, but, uh, you know, part of me, it, it's like, well, why? Right. I mean... Why not? And, and who or are you to judge or, 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 the difference
0: or, or, between you know? Yeah. How, how how does he know that I'm not just as skilled with my first degree black belt well, as he and, is with his
1: whatever he's and, got? And I, I I would make the assumption for those guys. I, that's it's one of my favorite podcasts.
0: No, no, right? certainly I don't want to, So I'm, I'm not denying, denying their knowledge. I'm just no, saying I'm making the for assumption him to make that, that, that blanket statement. You can't. You can't account for the knowledge of someone based on the fact that they only have a first degree black belt. Well, what if I I'm were
1: assuming to... that he was talking about within his system? Okay. Fair so, assumption. So somebody within his system with first degree black belt should probably not wander okay. off and start to teach that system. Okay. Um which I think is is legitimate, you know, to say that, well, I'm a fourth degree and I have knowledge of, you know, between first and fourth and it's a tough road to hoe and probably not the best idea in the world, right? At the same time, it's... You know, this is my thing, is that... It's it's really funny. I've, I've been thinking about this. There's a uh, there's a jiu-jitsu school that is coming into the same gym that we are renting a room from. I've seen a sign down there. Yeah. Um, and I thought to myself, ah, oh, they're jujitsu guys... I I know they're going to come up and want to spar with us. And they're going to want to prove something. And I I have never been good at sparring. I just... I don't like to do it, so I don't get a lot of practice. Right. And, I and just, you need I,
0: it. I mean, you can't... You've got to practice sparring to be good at sparring. Right, just like anything. Right.
1: And so I end up not being very good at that. I'm okay with that. Right. But that doesn't mean... I'm not a good teacher. Exactly. You know, you look at Mick in Rocky. Yep. Was he a great boxer? No. Was he a great coach? Yes. So, I think, too, that it's hard to say what is a legitimate martial art or a legitimate martial artist. Right. Right? Because you can have the greatest and most traditional and, and and most ancient martial art in the world. You can walk into the school and get some really horrible instruction. Yep. No, no. Um, so that's twofold, in my opinion. And it's just like, is is my black belt legitimate? Well, it is to me, and that's all I care about. Right. And if it's not to the person that walks in the door of our school, I don't really want them there anyway. Right. Now, if they want to interview me and get a biography and a little history and understand the the arts that I've been in and... And uh, what innovative martial arts is all about, and what Sanda is all about, they can make an informed decision. Yes. Instead of just going, no, nope, not for me. You guys have been only, you know, Do has been around for what, ten years, ish, ish. Um. So he might say, ah, it's only been around for ten years. Sorry, not interested. Right. Um. But. <clears throat> You know, I just I think it's a matter of sort of personal flavor, Right. you know, whatever you like. I think some of the newer arts are actually more legitimate than some of the than a lot of the older arts.
0: Well, and, and you know, there's 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 two kind of paths that diverge from the same point too around this whole thing, which is you have these people who consider their art legit because they learned it from the original founder so people right. track all these what religions. generation are sure. you? right what generation are you? yeah and there comes a point where it's like somebody's claiming legitimacy because they're you know three generations from the original founder of the right. system blah 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 right. blah. you know and, and for us lineage. Don't, right yeah. so for us in our little biographies on their website we put who taught us and in my mind that's a way for someone not for me to say oh I learned from ha ha ha, ha. Right. it's a way for me to say I learned from these people and it gives you more people to track if their, their to track research, records, right? You can
1: Google them. You and can find track this guy's
0: are. track record. You can track this guy's track record, and, yep. and I learned from them. So yep. the things that they knew they imparted some of that on me. Yep. You know But there are also the people who go, "Well, I am legitimate because he is the founder." So there's two different reasons right. for this where one people, some people may do it as bragging rights. And not only that, to belittle the other people who apparently cover the same style, but they didn't come from the original lineage. Right. And it gets into this big political. Well, it's interesting because
1: because Wing Chun actually, from from everything that I've seen, and I've been involved in a lot of martial arts, Wing Chun is one of the most political martial arts I have ever seen. Because what you've got is, you've got a big group of. Of Ip Man was the person that popularized it right. recently, right? Right in, in the 1900s. And didn't did he train Bruce Lee? He trained Bruce Lee, right? Um, and so you've got like a bunch of a, a bunch of people that he's he's taught. Along with that bunch of people, you have his two sons, Ip Chan and Ip Ching. right? Um, and there are a lot of people that will say, well, his sons got into it after it got popular. And after they realized that, based on the lineage of being his sons, they could potentially make a lot of money off of it. Now, Ip Ching is my grandmaster, which is one of it Man's sons. Ah-ha. So, what I think is, I mean, for me, as... You know, I think of myself as kind of a career martial artist. Right. I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. Right. I can step back and go, you know what? I would be really interested in going to a school with one of these other lineages and and finding out the difference. At the same time, and on the Karate Cafe forms we had an interesting discussion about does your loyalty lie in the style? your association, or your instructor. And in my opinion, Chan really knows what the fuck he's doing. Right. And I have been hit by him. I have, I have never been hit so hard by anybody, much less a guy who's in his 50s. <laughs> and he will scare the shit out of you when he's like, no, no, hit fast. And he'll, he'll tap your chest. Just enough so you can feel it. It's like, oh, dude, you can feel it. Right. I love that. Anyway, the idea is, is that, you know what? Look, regardless of your lineage and regardless of anything else, what you're learning is not what the founder created. Exactly. It's not. It can't be. Have you ever played the telephone game? Right. Imagine it after generations and five instructors. That's right and on top of all that who's to say the founder was right right him right and He's and the what only makes, one and what makes it man any more legitimate a martial artist than sam chan well
0: and you know how they used to determine who was A lot of legitimate martial artists. is They'd fucking get in a ring and do it. That's right. And whoever came out on top, people would line up to study under him because he had the best way. Well, and we all see how the UFC works. You got one guy who's great for a year and then somebody figures out a strategy and they beat him the next year. And so who's the better martial artist? They're both equally legitimate martial artists who are studying strategies, new techniques, techniques, or rediscovering old techniques that now
1: work against the new ones. I really think that... um, You know, like I say, you could you could get uh, a an Ip man you know fa- essentially not, not really founder um uh but a a third generation master who who studied uh uh wing chun for 50 years and taught hundreds of people and you could have Sam Chan who is my instructor who studied martial arts for 50 years and has, has taught hundreds of people. Yep. And if some changes occur between one and the other, it doesn't matter. And you know what? When you leave that school and you start to teach it, you're going to change it too. That's right. There's no getting around it.
0: Well, which goes back to you know, look, martial arts. There's no one way to impart martial arts on somebody. The path to where you're going as a martial artist is a different path for everybody. Yeah. Nobody gets there the same yeah. way. It's not possible. We're all physically different. We're all mentally different. It takes different. You know, we follow in our own footsteps. Yeah. We're we're cutting our own trail as we as we travel yeah. along here. Well,
1: and I would think that the more important than the question of what makes a martial art legitimate is what makes your instructor legitimate. So, for example, one of the reasons I think, in my mind anyway, that makes do legitimate is that people with lots of experience are attracted to it. Yes. So people like you and I that have been doing martial arts for, for most of our lives become attracted to Do and that to me legitimizes it because you you don't get this these starry-eyed people that are that are beginners and never moved before and walk in and like wow oh, this is the greatest thing to slice bread you have people that have gone through several different martial arts yes several different instructors gone here and said wow there's there's something to this and in fact one of the reasons that I stuck with it was because it was difficult yes and I hadn't run into a martial art that was difficult for me in a long time. And the first time you get into things like taking someone's space and um, uh, uh, breaking structure, it's tough, especially if you're, if you're Taekwondo trained mm-hmm. or, you know, I was trained in, in uh, uh, Jaogar. Gar. And you're not used to being that close to people, right? And you're not used to having to sort of consume another person's space. I would guess somebody in uh, um, uh, a grappling art would, would be pretty comfortable with that. Sure, because they're but used to grinding. Even and in Aikido and Aikido, you stand away from a person. Right. You're really in you're in in punching trapping range when. When you're doing the techniques. Yes. And for us, we're we're inside of grappling range when we're doing our takedown techniques. Oh, yeah. We want to consume the other person. Right. So, it. like I said... Yeah, and I, it was a challenge. It was a huge challenge for yeah, me, too. Yeah. I mean,
0: that is one of the things that drew me to it as well. I mean, yep. it was challenging. Yep. And they incorporated all the things that I've come to love about the martial arts. I yep. mean, we get to work with sticks. We get to work with knives. We do yep. all the weapons training, you know, and... How you, you know, it goes back to the core that I grew up on when I first got really got into martial arts, which is my Arneese training. Right. You know, and, and elements of that, which really yep. drew me into martial and arts. And I liked,
1: personally, I liked the joint laughing stuff because of my hot keto training. Right. Um, but like I say, one of the, I sort of had to do a little soul searching when I first got there because I thought, boy, this is really difficult for me. And is it difficult because it's not right or is it difficult because I've never been trained like this before. Right. And I made the decision that it was difficult. I I made the decision that I was willing to accept the challenge. Um, But again, back to the topic, I really think it's, it's, it's completely an issue of an instructor, you know? Yeah. Because when you look at somebody's resume from a professional standpoint, you don't really say, oh, so and so worked for IBM. IBM is a great company. We're going to hire them. Right. You're going to say, what did they do at IBM? What did they do before IBM? What is their education? Um, what's their work history? You're going to. How you... long have they actually been doing this job? Right. right. And to me, you know, not to pick on Taekwondo, but if somebody says they have a Taekwondo black belt, I go, okay. Right, and it's not all that big a deal. Yeah. And there are some arts that I think are "quote unquote" more legitimate than others. Um, I do know, for the most part, if somebody's got like a, if somebody's got a blue belt in Gracie Jujitsu, they're pretty hardcore. Right, and that's just that's the style of
0: training. That, right, that's the way they train, and you know that. And when they train, they're hands on. I mean, they do hands they on. They are hands out. on, and you know that there are they're some very hands, hands on. Out. Yeah. You know, it's funny they say that about Taekwondo. They get picked on a lot.
1: They do, and I, I don't think it's legitimate at all.
0: Well, it is to some it degree. Is, it is to some degree. My, the question I always want to ask when someone says I have a so-and-so belt in Taekwondo is, "Do you study traditional Taekwondo from Korea, or oh, are you studying sport Americanized taekwondo. sport Taekwondo?" <laughs> and I, and I, because um, I a vast you know, difference. right there's a there's a term they could they should technically have entirely different names yeah you know I, I, I and I you too. somebody and I, in fact i know i had a friend who worked out with a guy who yeah. was tra- he was korean trained in korea with his father or grandfather or whatever and, and that's not n- to say not anything like sportitized yeah. taekwondo and, and, and
1: that's not to say that sport taekwondo isn't a legitimate martial art either. oh no certainly um it's it's an entirely different focus. It's a different focus. That's a good way right. to put it. And I guess
0: for focus. me, it's like somebody come up to me and saying, I have a black belt in Taibo. Okay, right. you can punch, you can kick, and you can move right. fast, and you're ripped. What's that You mean? look great. Yeah. But for me, and in, in my view of what martial arts does yeah. for me and how I like to look at things, I go, eh. If some guy pulled a knife on me in the middle of the street and all I knew was, and all I knew was Americanized sport Taekwondo... Right. I'd nope. cover up my chest with my arms and kick him. How, yeah. Would I die? Yeah. That'd be my question. Right. And that's the question I ask right. when, I, when I view a martial art and what I might be able to get out of it. Well, and I mean, and, depending and, on my... And to
1: me, I, I, I view it as, it's, it's important for me that a style be well balanced. And I think that um, if, you look at, if you look at the jiu guys, and in fact, if you go up to, uh, what was it, Bolshio. Yeah. They have a lot of videos where jiu jitsu guys will take on other martial artists right. to sort of test their art and, and, and whatnot. Um, I think that you can go into a ring and you can practice fighting every day, all day, and you can be a very, very good fighter. Yep. But to me, that's only part of what martial arts teaches you. Right. So it's not. It's not legitimate just because you can fight really well, right? You know, and we I think we talked about this before. We did. is we did. It's, is, it's martial and it's arts. Uh, no, and I. For I, I mean, us, you have yeah, you need because, both. Because we were talking about um, American Indian martial arts, right? And we said, well, they don't they don't really have a formalized system. And what is a formalized system? And you know, if if you learn if you're a kickboxer. Are you a martial artist? Well, in a way, you're a martial artist that's got five or six moves.
0: Right. But you and, just know how to use them to you devastate your know how to do them. Just,
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I think that it's important to realize that there's a broad spectrum everything from Tai Chi to Jiu Jitsu and Thai boxing. Right. And they're all legitimate. It's just a matter of, of what's legitimate for you and right. what are you looking for. So, legitimacy is in the eyes of the beholder. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are we ready to wrap this bad boy up? We now? are. It's 9.30. So all
0: right. We went totally, totally crazy with all this. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Well, it's been two weeks. We're catching it up, up on two, two to weeks. three weeks of craziness. Yeah, what do we at here? Oh, my God. Almost two hours. Yeah. Well...
1: Everybody gets a whole slew of show. Yeah, 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 I know. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Yeah, thank you very much, and thanks for all the comments on, on uh, uh, po- uh, iTunes, Yeah, and uh, thanks for the posting on the forums. Thanks for the digs on and dig, and, and, uh, dig.com. Um, dig is a little hard to get to right now. I typed in martial arts on the search for podcasts. And it brought up the Economist podcast.
0: I stopped searching on Dig. I had problems zero
1: day too with If you do if you
0: type in Marshall,
1: ours is actually third or fourth.
0: Cool. Yeah. Alright, cool. Well awesome. uh awesome. I'm Sterling and I am
1: spent. I am Dan, and I have to urinate.
2: Awesome. There we go. Bug me red on the fingertips A wonder bra to hold in the tits I think I'm gonna lose my wits Take me back home to your flat Take off your pants, leave on your hat Let me pet your frisky cat I'm as horny as a rhinoceros A rhinoceros I am the walrus it was Wednesday morning I was on her bed the ghosts of last evening they were haunting my head you see I've been drinking I'd been drinking a lot Glug, 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 Cause that slutty girl Well, she wasn't so hot Scooby-Doo With lipstick with my jizz She was singing along To what I don't remember I was taken by the outline of her doll Oh, and the way he sipped his mouthwash it made the word mouthwash have new meaning, and the dollar that he dangled made me know I needed retreating. That's what hot slutty dude, I don't mean to be rude, but one drunken mistake makes me quiver and shake. That's what hot slutty dude, I don't mean but one drunken mistake yeah. Makes me quiver and shake That's one hot slutty do.